0: CPI, PPI, and Pins and Needles, welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Got a lot going on this hour. We are glad you're here. We're going to talk about the great wealth transfer. That's baby boomers to younger people or maybe different sources, but decisions to be made, there are proper ways to do that. We're going to talk about that. Toward the end of the show, financial and retirement planning for those in the medical field. You have unique opportunities. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. I'm Danny Clayton, joined in the studio by Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Let's go back to last weekend, the situation in Israel and the Gaza Strip, Mm. utterly horrible big impact i thought just assuming that the markets get nervous that monday we were going to see a real decline and we did not why was that you know i think that's
1: interesting when you look at the history of conflict uh it really depends on the details i think that one of the key things is that after hamas attacked israel that the big question was how long will it last And will other countries get drawn in as well? Uh, One of the big unknowns was as far as Iran's role. And just historically, um, if Iran gets involved in something, they threaten to close the Straits of Hormuz, which is a major choke point for the shipment of oil. And so one of the spillovers to the rest of the world and to the markets is oftentimes through the oil price. Now, obviously, there's the fear factor at work as well. Uh, And we did see within the markets... Kind of this um, knee-jerk response that seemed justified. People started buying more U.S. government bonds, this flight to safety. The dollar strengthened. Gold went up. Oil prices increased a little bit. And, like, defense stocks, Uh, so people that maybe, you know, provide munitions and things like that, their stocks did well. The broader market seemed to shake it off mainly because the big question is, I oftentimes look at it and I'm like, what does this mean to the bottom line of Apple? Right? Uh, does this conflict, will it affect corporate profitability? And that's one lens that you can use to kind of look at why did the market do what it did? And I think the big reason is that right now it seems like it is relatively contained and we do have to see how long it'll last.
0: We still don't really know if other nations will get involved. I mean, depends on what Iran will do. More shoes could drop.
1: Yes, that is correct. And so it increases the risks. I think about things in terms of kind of what's a base case scenario. What's a bear case scenario and what's a bull case scenario? Kind of thinking about it through that those three avenues. And the bear case gets a little bit worse as far as now that you have conflict if it does spread. Uh, but the base case, I don't think we've really deviated from that base case scenario yet, which is one of we had an earnings recession over the last three quarters. U.S. economy had a great third quarter in terms of growth, showing some signs of fatigue. Uh, And so a lot of sort of we haven't seen enough yet to move us off of that
0: base case scenario. Speaking of fatigue, anybody tired of hearing about the CPI, Consumer Price Index? (laughs) That number came in. We've been watching this for what? couple of years now as it's ticked up and it came in a little hotter than expected
1: it did and you know it reminds me of when uh, alan greenspan uh, talked about setting an inflation target he said he wanted inflation to be low enough that people didn't really think about it and so nobody really cared about cpi now it's in headlines all over the place it came in a little bit hotter than what people were expecting but when i dig into some of the details most of the increase was driven by energy prices. And we all know that energy prices have gone up. And then also this fictitious thing that the government measures called owner's equivalence rent. It's this hypothetical about if you own your home, how much would you charge yourself to live there? And they try to kind of figure that out from rental rates and things like that that they can actually observe. But it really that those were the biggest drivers. And so even though the headline was very hot, I thought that the details were not.
0: The other PI would be the PPI, the producer price index, basically what it costs to produce goods for sale. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the producer
0: price index
1: uh, as measured by from suppliers, that came in a little hot as well. Year on year, it was only up 2.2 percent. So a lot of progress has been made there. So hopefully there's not a lot of inflation in the pipeline coming.
0: But if it costs more to
1: produce something, prices are raised they can another thing that can happen is profit margins are crimped mm. and that's the big variable here is do they pass through that inflation to the final consumer or is it the case that the producer prices go up without consumer prices going up meaning you've got a little bit of headwind as we're going into earning season here
0: and at this point our heads swivel toward the fed What do you think? Yeah, I think that they're on hold. They've been talking about how this increase
1: in yields that we've seen, that you're actually going to, the market is doing a lot of work for the Fed. They might not need to hike rates. We got the minutes from the last meeting. It said most of the debate was around how long they should hold rates where they are, as opposed to whether or
0: not they should do one more. Dr. Brian Jacobson is Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back. We're going to talk a little bit about earnings because earnings season is starting. That is our Week in Review, always available as a podcast and delivered Sundays in our Axiom newsletter. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, October 15th. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. At Annex Wealth Management, our goal is to provide insight for complex financial decisions. For attorneys seeking CLE credit, join us November 14th at Shula Steakhouse for our presentation, Treatment of Quadro Distributions Post-Divorce. For tax consequences in today's environment, join our Chief Economist for Navigating the Markets, Strategies in an Ever-Changing Tax Environment, November 15th at M Waterfront Grill. And come to our open house at our new location, 4901 Tamiami Trail from 2-5 till 5, November 16th. Details at AnnexWealth.com events. Annex Wealth. Management. Looking for more? At Annex, our team produces original audio and video content to teach, inform, and demonstrate how we think and operate on behalf of our clients. Visit the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel and explore. Just search Annex Wealth Management. Back in Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple things you can do on the weekend. Axiom, it's a free weekly newsletter. Comes out on Sundays. Don't have to be a client. You can sign up for that. Social media, we're there. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, a great YouTube channel. All Annex Wealth Management videos. We've done them all. Highly searchable. You want to know about RMDs. You want to know about NUA, Roth conversions. It's there. There's over 1,500 videos. Graphonomics on AnnexWealth.com. That's three graphs that'll help you make Make sense of the economy. Our SWAT podcast comes to you Monday mornings from the Annex Wealth Management Investment team. In fact, we're going to start publishing it a couple hours earlier. So, and it's a quick listen for your drive in. You know, it's under 20 minutes. It's pretty in depth, but we've got a lot of people that would like that. And so that's what that SWAT podcast is is for this show available on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, our chief economist. Earnings season is here. Yay, right? Yes.
1: Good. Uh, yeah. Fun. You know, it's a really exciting time. So as an economist, uh, I love the economic data, but this is also a very happy time of the quarter uh, because earnings season has kicked off. So from an investment perspective, there's there's a buzz in the air. You know, you can feel it when I'm t- walking around talking to the people on the investment committee and the great staff that we have here that focuses on our clients' portfolios.
0: So financial firms report first, typically, right? Ty- Does that you know, tell us anything? It, it,
1: typically, uh, I always measure the start of earnings season with when the big banks report their earnings. And so we had JP Morgan, City, and Wells Fargo reporting. They're the early reporters. And then that kind of sets off when you get the rest of the S&P 500. So the other, you know, I guess that would be 497 companies beginning to report. So they always kind of kick it off. And I like listening to what they have to say Not necessarily as far as trying to figure out what the rest of earnings season will be like, but more about what's going on with the economy, right? Because they really do have their finger on the pulse of the consumer and smaller businesses. And it was really interesting listening to the earnings reports come out on Friday uh, there are a couple of pleasant surprises. One was that the portfolios of these banks, so the loans that they've made, it's actually somewhat higher quality, than what a lot of people were originally expecting so they've had fewer what are called charge-offs so you know if a loan goes bad they have to write that off they also very important had lower loan loss provisions so they have to project out as to what's going to happen with the economy and their portfolio of loans and what our defaults going to look like and those were actually better so lower than what was expected. So maybe they're delusional and so they're misjudging what the future will look like but you know they they're pretty smart people and so I take it as a signal from that that the economy is still pretty resilient. They're expecting a slowdown. There are challenges ahead, but these are not insurmountable challenges how about retailers
0: when do they start to arrive and I would think that that's a fairly important
1: oh yeah retailers that's a lot of fun uh, we've already actually had Costco report uh, so even though that does it's not part of that whole window of when you get the uh, the banks reporting and the rest of the S&P 500 they they're a bit of an outlier as to when they do I love listening to Costco uh, mainly because I really like their hot dogs and their pizza you know so it brings back those memories but they were saying about the trade down from consumers you know as far as the the speed Spend has slowed. We will get more retailers as the weeks go on. So next week we'll get a few smaller retailers, but the bigger ones are basically in a couple weeks. Um, I always like to listen to what's going on with Walmart, Target, because you know they're they're the bigger ones. And then of course Amazon, when they finally do report, just being that massive presence
0: with online retailing. But that's not for a while yet. And there's many different parts of Amazon too. They got web services, or is that part of the, yeah, the, the when it they is, report to So, yeah,
1: when they report, they report uh, and they break it out by division. A lot of people have been focused on Amazon Web Services as far as the growth engine for the firm, figuring that, you know, they've already kind of saturated everything as far as on the retailing side. Margins are already pretty slim there. And that Amazon Web Services is more the growth part. And that's what more people are going to be
0: focused on. Dr. Brian Jacobson is our chief economist. We've got him for the rest of the hour, and I hope we have you as well. It is called the Great Wealth Transfer set to pass long wealth to the next generation. What's the best and most efficient way to do that? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Every day, market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management know the difference with annex wealth management you probably didn't notice but one of the greatest transfers of generational wealth is taking place who gets credit baby boomers that's right we're all those okay boomer jokes right now brandon lehman among other things is director of annex private client welcome back brandon danny One of the greatest transfers of generational wealth is taking place. How much?
2: If you look at it kind of from a whole perspective, there are estimates that it's $53 trillion is currently passing on to the next generation. But another stat, and this stat I heard almost 15 years ago, but I think it really is coming to fruition now, is that there are 10,000 people retiring every day. It is a substantial amount of people moving assets to the next generation retiring and just a lot of change it is a staggering
0: amount and it's a whole lot more than just signing a couple of pieces of paper and where we sit it would involve all of annex wealth management right financial planning tax planning estate planning
2: all that it takes an entire team to really work through all of these transitions So when you look at it, there's traditional assets, right? Your IRAs, your 401ks, your brokerage accounts, but then there's assets like real estate. There's cars. When you get to the high net worth side, what you start to see is there's quite a bit of these assets, specifically real estate um, is an area where you need to do some planning. And that's again where the annex teams come in place. When you look at the financial planning team, where do these sit? You take the estate planning team, they're going to look at the financial planning team said, This is what it is. The estate planning team is going to say, Okay, how is it titled? And then the two of them are going to get together with this tax team and say, Is there a tax liability after death? How do we handle this?
0: Where does this even start? Somebody walks in the door and they've got these assets, they've got these homes, they've got this real, they've got all this, and they want to start to plan to hand it down. Do we start with estate planning?
2: No. The best way that we start with that is we gather all the data. So it gets to be, I don't want to call it necessarily labor intensive, but that first meeting is let's get it all. And for the most part, these folks have a lot of it already in order, whether it's in an Excel spreadsheet or in a PFS, a personal financial statement, it already exists. And our job is to take that data, we extrapolate kind of some of the other things that need to be done on it, like valuations based off of maybe what Zillow or Redfin might say. We're going to put that into our software, and then it's going to give us a real idea of where you sit. Now, is it perfect? the first time? No. But that's what the multiple meetings mean when you bring in these other teams. So I guess if you say who starts, the financial planning team starts it. From there, it gets passed on to really the wealth strategist and the wealth manager to sit back and say, okay, who do we pull in next? What is the biggest pain point that we see? How do we work through this? Because you don't know when it's going to pass. So I I don't want to be morbid, but you don't know. And unfortunately, we've had a situation where we started the planning and the time of passing happened a lot sooner than we expected. So it's getting on top of it right away, and the sooner the better. Now, the other aspect to this that is incredibly important is laws change all the time. For instance, we were working with one of our high net worth clients. We had had this discussion of their estate plan and they kept pushing off saying, no, it's fine. We just did it. We just did it. Well, just did it to them was almost eight years ago. We've had a lot of changes in eight years. So it was, please give us the documents. We're going to go through it and we're going to look at all this and see how to most efficiently work through the current tax laws because it could change again.
0: Brandon Lehman, director of Annex Private Client, we're talking about the transfer of wealth from boomers to heirs. $53 trillion is one of the figures that we heard. Tax planning squad, they're going to be fully engaged.
2: Oh, yeah. When you look at the tax planning side of it, there's two aspects, right? There's the tax now planning side of it. Okay, so what does it look like now? How are we going to be tax efficient now? But then there's the other side of it. After you pass, obviously, there's some things that occur. If it's passed on through a trust, right, all of a sudden now you have a step up in basis, depending on the trust. If it's gifted in lifetime, you don't have that step up in basis, but now the assets with the kids, it's outside of your estate. Maybe you've pushed yourself below the estate tax exemption. You've used up some of that exemption, which under current laws is going to change here, projected to change in 2026. So they talk, well, it's a lot of money right now. It doesn't impact most people. Well, it will. It's basically from what we've seen going to potentially be cut in half from almost 25 million to 12. Now, yes, that still sounds like a lot, but when you throw in property, because most people just think they're investments. You start throwing in all the properties, you start throwing in, depending on if it's, especially if it's collector cars, whole different ballgame.
0: I know somebody with a lot of those and he would need a plan for that. Yes, it's
2: incredibly
3: important.
0: Yeah. you know, Brandon, one of the things that we did not mention, but I know we do definitely employ is our ears, right? We're gonna be sitting down with the clients because we're not gonna say,
2: okay, here's what you're gonna do. We're really gonna ask, what is it that you want to do? It's all about legacy planning. What do you want your legacy to be? And how can we most efficiently and effectively help you achieve that legacy and give as little as possible to Uncle Sam? It doesn't necessarily have to be a legacy for a kid. Some people don't want that. But maybe it's a legacy for charity, maybe it's a legacy for an organization. Our job is to help you coordinate and understand what that legacy should be and then build a plan around it as efficiently and effectively as possible.
0: Are you planning correctly? Is everything sewn up tightly to eliminate those questions and avoid conflicts? Brandon Lehman, director of Annex Private Client. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've analyzed thousands. Some reflect diligence and fortitude. Others, a mishmash of overlapping investments. When Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions free from sales commissions. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, that's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hey, Tom. Hello, Danny. Based on stats, workers are likely to change jobs several times during a career, probably more than several, right? There's a Pew Research study that estimates that 30% of American workers change jobs just in 2022 alone, most for higher pay. Here's the downside. Too many people cash out their entire 401k when they leave a job. Spoiler alert, it's a bad thing.
4: Suboptimal, Danny, as (laughs) I like to say. You are correct about that.
0: Do you think it's as
4: simple as workers leaving think they have to cash it out? I don't know if it's that people feel like they have to so much as it is that they know that they can. You know, you yeah. kind of like you said at the beginning, we've got people who change jobs more often than they used to. My first job, I was in there for 10 years, and I'm coming up on a decade here at Annex. So I haven't had as many opportunities, but I do think it's the easy thing to do, and so it's what people do. Boy, but I don't know if they know, when you cash out a 401k, you get dinged. Dinged, Danny. I don't know if that's the right word. It's mo- This is more like a, a full-on collision. So, And it's with the tax man. You got to be careful understanding that when you withdraw money from your retirement account, especially when you do so before age 59 and a half, really before when you're thinking about retirement, you're looking at serious tax consequences that are kind of hard to figure out until kind of the year is over. So you're looking at penalties, income taxes, things like that. So a lot of times it ends up being a bigger hit than people anticipate
0: Let's back up just a little bit. There was a study of over 162,000 U.S. employees who left jobs. They were covered by 28 different retirement plans. They
4: left in a three year period that began with COVID. Were you shocked by those numbers? I was blown away. 41% plus of the employees cashed out their 401k savings on their way out the door, and 85% of those took out the whole balance. That did surprise me, Danny.
0: In some cases, people lost their jobs, but that was less than 30%. So it wasn't the big number.
4: No, and that makes you think, okay, if less than 30% of them, it was due to losing their job altogether, then why did so many of them take the money out? And Mm. I think it goes back to we've all got things to spend money on and it was an easy place to, to get some cash. We're with Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management, leaving a job, cashing out a
0: 401k. During COVID, there were relaxed rules on withdrawals. Maybe that contributed
4: to that? It did for sure. And I understand why they did that. But when you consider all the tax credits, the student loan relief, all the other government help, the measures that they put out there to help people, I don't think that sacrificing the future was the right way to go. But again, Danny, I'm the 401k guy. So of course, I'm going to say that. So why do so many people cash out at a job change?
0: specifically, and then they undermine their retirement security. Why not roll that 401k balance to an IRA or a Roth or a Roth IRA, keep the money in their employer's plan or transfer assets
4: to new employees if available? Those are all those options. And I think with Secure 2.0, Danny, as you know, we continue to talk about that legislation, they are trying to make, they being the government, are trying to make it easier for people to continue to save that money long term. With technology, it is easier. So continuing to save is actually easier than taking the money out. It's just a matter of people understanding how to, to make that happen, whether it's a transition from one employer to the next or rolling it into an IRA. Obviously, all things that we spend a lot of time helping people with here at Annex.
0: I don't want to be the big brother or, you know, put up guardrails or a lot of
4: regulation, but maybe it shouldn't be that easy to cash out. I don't think it should be. You understand why people do it. We all have limited budgets. Inflation isn't helping things, but... We are going to need to have money in retirement, and people need to ask themselves, where is that going to come from? I think this is a cultural issue of just you look at your phone, you click on something, and it shows up at your house three hours later. That's kind of the culture that we have, and we need to be real careful about it,
5: Danny.
0: Okay. So I'm an HR person and somebody has given me a resignation note.
4: How motivated am I to warn them not to do this? And is it their responsibility? That's a great question, Danny. I spend a lot of time working with HR departments and they're strained. They've got a lot of stuff going on. So when someone leaves, I think there's a part of them. And these are all good people who really do take an interest in the people that they're they're helping. But it's like, you know, I've got all these people who are still here who I need to help. How much yeah. time am I going to invest on somebody who just decided they're going to leave? So the mechanisms are in place with the advisor. That's obviously the role that we play. The people who are holding the money, whether, you know, the record keeping custodian people. There are lots of people who are there to help. It's just a question of who's going to step forward and, and provide that help.
0: Yeah, so you've been with Annex for 10 years. You've been working with companies for that long to hear this kind of stuff. It's got to break your heart just a little bit.
4: It does. You know, Danny, I spent time living in South America, and part of what provoked me to be in this industry was seeing how hard people down there would work for years and years and years, have nothing to show for it. The opportunities that we have here in this country to create wealth, just for even the average person, are so fantastic that, yes, it does break my heart when we waste those opportunities. It's understandable why it happens, but I I don't like to see it happen. Before I let you go, maybe there's
0: somebody brand new to the show. How can we help those company owners, those CFOs or HR professionals with employee benefits?
4: You know that education is a huge thing for us, Danny. We focus a lot on the education we provide to employees, but... That also goes to for employers. So helping people understand what are the options, how can you leverage the tools that you have with the provider you're currently with is a big part of what we do. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, Danny.
0: At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've analyzed thousands some reflect diligence and fortitude others a mishmash of overlapping investments when annex reviews your portfolio we spot what works what might not and then provide unbiased suggestions free from sales commissions every portfolio tells a story let's work on yours investment retirement tax and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary that's our story head to annexwealth.com know the difference with annex wealth management this topic is going to make you scratch your head Is retirement bad for your brain? I spotted that headline, wanted to dig a little deeper to help us out. Deanne Phillips is here. Hey, Deanne. Hi, Danny. Author Mitch Anthony is the author of The New Retirementality,
3: Yeah, I love him. You know, I had the privilege of hearing him speak live several years ago, and he's actually given permission for us to use some of his concepts and materials for our workshops with Women and Wealth. He writes really great stuff. Well, how about that?
0: Well, in this book, he writes, quote, there's a 30% reduction in short-term memory. Boredom is a real thing. The human species needs something productive to do. Otherwise, life feels aimless. A lot of retirees say they're busy. Busy? Doing what? Doing something 18 levels below your pay grade is not good for you, unquote. So, Dan, you know this guy. um, You've seen his stuff before. Do you see it sometimes with clients?
3: Yeah, we really do. You know, it's very human while we're working or or when we're retired also to confuse activity with productivity, right? So while we might be, quote unquote, busy, we're not actually being productive. And, you know, we've always said you don't stop being an A-type personality in retirement, right? So challenge is important.
0: Axiom is the free weekly newsletter that we publish from Annex Wealth Management, and in a recent issue, we got at this, asking... If you are retired, how do you keep your brain active and challenged? We got a lot of feedback. In fact, too many to share all of them. Many, many people said they are active readers. Many do puzzles like Sudoku, a lot of people do Wordle. Deanna, I kind of want to go through some of the favorites that I got because they're really good. Here's one. Reading the same technical type articles as when I was working, I also like doing the same type of work, but as a hobby interesting.
3: That is interesting. You know, one of the things that I'm noting, based on what you've been citing before, is really good brain activity, but sedentary. And really, you know, to keep the brain active, there needs to be engagement with the body as well. I found it of interest where people were talking about grandchildren, because I think you'd be hard-pressed to say you're not going to be active physically if you're taking care of little grandchildren,
0: right? Oh, here's one. Listen to this. Owning racehorses, Volunteer work, sitting on boards, rental properties, helping young grandkids with math homework that I don't understand, (laughs) and then travel to new parts of the world. So you're right.
3: (laughs) Have you tried to teach a a child how they learn long division in the last couple decades? It's a real challenge. (laughs) Well,
0: this is what they talk about, challenging yourself. It's that neuroplasticity that we need to challenge ourselves. Uh, Here's another one. Working on mathematical things exercise. Here's another genealogy research, working out with a trainer and then asking which muscles are being utilized. And that's from somebody that was over 70 years old.
3: I love that. And, you know, age should not be a factor in all this. You know, we do what we're comfortable doing movement wise, but it is important to stay active. It does help studies show engaging the brain and longevity when we're physically and mentally active. So making sure that we do get out of that chair or if we're chair bound, we're doing chair exercises, right, to, yep. to make sure that we get that connectivity, different chemicals are released in the brain when you physically exercise as well. So again, I, I think it's equally important.
0: The question in Axiom was, if you're retired, how do you keep your brain active and challenged? We're just kind of going through a couple of these.
3: Here's another one, social interaction. And a lot of people mention this too, because we know that, and studies show us that Alzheimer's, you know, depression for sure, has a lot to do with isolation too. So being in an environment or having exposure to an environment where you're interacting with others who are doing an activity that you like where you're doing it together. That also increases some of the right hormones and and keeps you sharp too.
0: Here's one. Primarily by deliberating, learning new things across a breadth of topics and activities like landscaping, making espresso, workout routines, cooking, Mm -hmm. finance, and more. Start by reading, online learning, then try fail, and try again.
3: Yeah, one person said trading commodities. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe that right. falls under that too, but I'll tell you what, I used to say that my my idea of retirement is never having to watch CNBC ever again as long as I live, because I've had <laughs> decades and decades and decades with it in front of my face, but uh, no, really, uh, you know, learning something new. So some people said a musical instrument, which, you know, is very mathematical, mm-hmm. that also, again, incorporates the body and the mind. Yeah,
0: and you know, folks, you might stink at it in the beginning. but that's okay if you're not stimulated. Any idea, when does this start to happen in retirement if people aren't kind of keeping themselves stimulated? is not a first-year thing, is it?
3: Well, different people have different attention spans and time frames. So I guess I can answer it this way. I remember when my father retired, he was 65 years old, the average age. He was forcibly retired. He wouldn't have chosen to do it. His whole department got laid off. And he ended up going, okay, this is great. I can golf. I can play tennis. I can swim. Him. That lasted for three months. Yeah.
0: You know, long enough to figure out that you need to do something else. Exactly. Researchers said they hope the findings will influence how retirees view their retirement activities from a more holistic perspective and pay attention to social engagement, active volunteering, participating in activities, fostering mental acuity. It's easier said than done.
3: It is. You know, we all love the idea of retiring early, but remember, we're retiring to something, not from something. So we have to figure this out ahead of time.
0: Yep. And we think about this for you guys. We really, really do. We want to put a great plan together, but then we want to talk about life in retirement. That is really important. You can start. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. As a fee-only fiduciary, the goal at Annex Wealth Management is to provide information and insight as you approach complex financial decisions. That's why we've assembled talented teams with expertise in investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. We'll center the plan on you and your goals. Education is important at Annex. If you're an attorney seeking CLE credit, join us November 14th at Shula Steakhouse for a special presentation, Treatment of Quadro Distributions Post-Divorce. If you're considering tax consequences in today's environment, join our chief economist and one of our estate attorneys as they present Navigating the Markets, Strategies in an Ever-Changing Tax Environment, November 15th at M Waterfront Grill. Finally, help us celebrate our new location. Visit our open house, 4901 Tamiami Trail from 2 till 5 on November 16th. Come out, know the difference, warn Southwest Florida to help. Get insight with no high-pressure sales or products to sell. Details, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab, Investment, Retirement, Tax, and Estate Planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, working in the medical field is a noble profession. It is not easy. It takes years of toil and grueling hours, but it's a calling. And with it comes well-earned and healthy compensation. But while building a career in the profession, it's easy to forget good, solid financial planning principles if there's even a plan at all. That's what we're going to talk about with Eric Strom, financial planning manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Eric. Hello, Danny. Medical professionals have unique financial planning needs. They've got options for sure, but I guess figuring out what is right and
6: what might work best for them is a bit of a mystery? A little bit, because... People who work in the healthcare industry have unique options available to them. For example, for employees, a lot of times there are retirement plan options beyond the typical 401k you would see at a private company. Many healthcare workers might have access to 403b plans or 457 Plans or health savings accounts, sometimes even pension style plans like a money purchase plan or cash balance plan. So I just listed a lot of different possible retirement plans, but just understand if you're working in that setting, there may be unique options. You want to understand them and make sure you're leveraging them. Executives may have additional options even beyond that. And then finally, many physicians are actually business owners. They might have partnerships. They might have sole proprietorship. So when you're a business owner, you have the world at your fingertips with many different tax strategies and retirement plan strategies available. So all that to say, there's many options. You want to understand what is available to you and how to best leverage those.
0: And again, they're busy doing their practice. They're busy
6: doing medicine. So they've got to think about this on the side. Well, that's why we believe in financial planners, right? Because we specialize in this.
0: Proper financial and retirement planning isn't complete without a efficient tax planning. How can higher income earners and higher net worth households in the medical field utilize advanced tax planning strategies? Again, that's what we do for our clients.
6: For starters, if you are an employee, you absolutely want to understand and leverage all of those employee benefits that we just talked about a moment ago. There are also certain advanced strategies with IRAs that can be done for those higher income earners. And then again, for those business owners, there's entity selection, there's advanced retirement plan selection that may go way beyond just a typical 401k. You want to understand those tax strategies that might be important to you, especially if you're still in that you know wealth building mode, there are things you can really do that might make a huge impact over time. Eric
0: Strom is financial planning manager and a CPA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about financial and retirement planning for medical professionals. And after many, many years in school, healthcare professionals have student debt that can affect cash flow credit score, ability to save and invest. They need to get at managing their student debt as
6: well. Yeah. Many healthcare workers may have student debt. So you want to evaluate what are your repayment options? There are different plans out there. There's income-driven repayment plans. You want to understand if there are forgiveness programs or any types of plans that are available to you with that. But beyond that, in general, you want to prioritize high interest rate debt. The way I think about that is really 6%. If you are paying interest higher than 6%, that would be in general kind of considered a little bit of a higher rate. And also though, think about lifestyle creep and taking Hmm. on new debt because many people who are in the healthcare industry, you know, you sometimes can have that lifestyle creep where you start to buy a little bit more expensive cars, more expensive stuff for the house. And then uh, you oftentimes see especially rapid increases in lifestyle, you really want to balance that with a little bit of discipline so that your finances can stay very healthy over time. I think the official medical term is docitis, right? Right. Well, and you know what, Danny, it's not always their fault because doctors and other healthcare workers are actually targeted by marketing. They are aggressively targeted by financial products, lifestyle products. So, you know, you've got that headwind to face. Protecting themselves financially is extremely important, and that opens the door to a host of insurance
0: products and coverage. Kind of, we're getting at that a little bit. Where do they start to put what's needed in place?
6: Is there a hierarchy? Yes. You know, we're a fee only financial planning firm, so of course we don't sell any of these insurance products. However, we frequently recommend them because, especially for healthcare workers, you do want to obtain that. If you have specialty specific insurance needs or liability coverage that you really have to have, of course you must get that. Now, Disability insurance is very common, especially if it's specific to your occupation, let's say you're a surgeon. um, You may get special disability insurance specifically for surgeons. That's important. Now. There is oftentimes more expensive life insurance that will be marketed to healthcare workers. You know, be a little bit careful with that because most doctors and healthcare workers term life insurance, which is much more affordable, is typically sufficient. So look out for that. But having the right disability, life insurance, liability insurance, and on beyond that is very important and really actually is fundamental and should be handled before you even think about investing
0: medical profession is one that comes with a lot of responsibility, is to have a solid plan for financial and retirement planning. Annex can help. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager, C a P at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We'll be right back on 92.5 Fox News. At Annex Wealth Management, our goal is to provide insight for complex financial decisions. For attorneys seeking CLE credit, join us November 14th at Shula Steakhouse for our presentation, Treatment of Quadro Distributions Post-Divorce. For tax consequences in today's environment, join our chief economist for Navigating the Markets, Strategies in an Ever-Changing Tax Environment, November 15th at M Waterfront Grill. And come to our open house at our new location, 4901 Tamiami Trail from 2-4. November 16th. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, we talk a lot about 401ks, but not everybody has access to a 401k. There are more than 70 million gig workers in the United States who don't. 401ks are great, but what happens when you don't have access? Fred Coleman is a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. He's gonna walk us through it. Welcome to the show, Fred. Thanks, Danny. Okay, no 401k but you still wanna to work towards saving money for retirement. If that's the case, I guess maybe the first place we start is
5: the old traditional IRA. Yeah, if you're an independent contractor or your employer doesn't offer a 401k, then it's up to you to fund your own retirement. An individual retirement account, also known as an IRA, can be the next best alternative because it offers significant tax advantages. Not only can you receive a tax deduction in a year you contribute to the account, but also your contributions will grow tax deferred. This means you will not pay tax on the contributions or the earnings until you choose to withdraw the money or when you're required to start withdrawing at age 73. In addition, there are no income limitations to opening a traditional IRA, which means no matter how much or how little you make, you can open an IRA and start contributing immediately. You should also know that the maximum annual contribution for traditional IRAs is $6,500 if you're under age 50 and 7,500 for those 50 and older.
0: So good vehicle, right? I mean, the tax advantage, right? Drops your taxable income and then it grows. So that's great. Investing for retirement without a 401k, there are options. The next up is the Roth IRA, the cousin, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. The Roth IRA is another great vehicle. With Roth IRAs, the contributions are not tax deductible. This means you won't get a tax break when you make contributions. However, when you withdraw the money during retirement, the contributions can be withdrawn tax free. The contributions that you make into the Roth can always be withdrawn without penalty. And as long as you satisfy the five year holding period and you're at least 59 and a half years or older, then the entire account, including the earnings, can come out tax free. When we work with clients to develop distribution strategies, oftentimes we'll use Roths to help minimize taxes you'll pay over your lifetime, and they're also great for estate planning because you can pass tax-free assets to your heirs. (laughs) Maximum contributions for Roths are also $6,500 if you're under age 50 and $7,500 for those 50 and older. However, your eligibility to contribute directly to a Roth may depend on your income. A wealth manager can help you determine your maximum contribution to a Roth and if it's the best type of account. To use when it comes to saving for retirement you know a lot of times
0: people i think they hesitate on that because i don't want to pay the taxes now right do you find that
5: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and and that's something you gotta you gotta run the numbers and crunch the numbers to see what's best Yep. Yeah.
0: we're with fred coleman a cfp and a wealth manager at annex wealth management if you're not eligible for a 401k either because your company doesn't offer it or you're a gig or freelance worker there are options most in the audience know what iras and roth iras are what's this sep ira
5: yeah, if, if you're self-employed or you freelance, you can use the earnings to open a SEP IRA. With a SEP IRA in 2023, you can contribute the lesser of 66000 or 25% of your net self-employment earnings for the year. The maximum compensation that can be considered is 330000 of income. The contributions are tax deductible, they grow tax deferred, and the disbursements won't be taxed until retirement. Aside from the high contribution limits, one of the best features of the SEP is the flexibility. When you have a side hustle or a business, your income can fluctuate. So committing to making contributions to a retirement plan every year can be difficult because you don't know what exactly your income will be for the year. We recommend SEPs sometimes for self-employed individuals because of the ability to look back at your income for the prior year. So let's say you had a really great year in 2022, and then you go to file your taxes and you realize you have a high tax bill, you can still make deductible contributions into the SEP up to the tax filing deadline. This gives you the unique ability to be able to look back, Lower your taxable income for the prior year without making an upfront commitment to contribute.
0: That's pretty handy. You know, most of the time, Fred, when people hear 401ks, there's a company-sponsored plan. But those who aren't in traditional jobs, there is that thing called the solo 401k. How's that one work?
5: The solo 401k is for self employed or 1099 contractors who don't have access to any other 401k plan and you don't have any employees outside of your spouse. It offers some of the same tax advantages as a regular 401k, but as a self employed individual, you can make contributions as both the employer and the employee. As the employee, you can contribute the elective deferral maximum of 22,500 in 2023, and as the employer, you can add an additional 25% of your adjusted gross income for a maximum contribution of 66,000. In addition, you can tack on another 6,500 if you're over age 50.
0: I guess the point here is that if you are in a line of work that you don't have a 401k, do something. Absolutely. You got to do something and you got to do something early enough that you can slowly build it up. Right. I would think that that's something you talk about with clients quite often.
5: Yeah. Early and often. And the sooner you start, you know, the more you're able to compound and, and the more options that you'll have.
0: Yeah. Cool. Folks, nobody's the same. That's why we tailor what we do with our clients to them and their situations. No sales contests here, just advice from fee-only fiduciaries. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Fred Coleman is CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for jumping on. All right, thanks for having me, Danny. Is there anything sweeter than the crisp sound of a driver when it connects purely with the ball? Many golfers evaluate the quality of their shot by the sound it makes. You may feel the same about your financial plan. Something doesn't seem, look, or sound right. Think of Annex Wealth Management as financial swing doctors. We'll give you the truly objective analysis that comes from a fee-only fiduciary with no products to push or commissions to chase. If you need help, talk to our pros. Get started at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. links up with us. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. Talk about five tax moves that retirees should consider before the end of the year. We kind of think that fourth quarter is a good time for tax planning, not tax reporting. First thing to talk about is we're going to talk about Roth conversions in the valley, quote, in the valley. Robert, <laughs> what is the valley?
7: I always use sports analogies. This is an NBA game, the fourth quarter, the game's tied. You need to make all the important plays right now to not pay any extra tax for the year. So a Roth conversion and being in the valley, what does that really mean? You know, you've worked your whole life, you've had a regular income and that puts you in a certain tax bracket. Once you retire, most people typically drop one or two tax brackets. So that creates a valley. And if you can do some conversions from your IRA over to your Roth and just fill in that valley, that's what we like to do. It's very, very beneficial for people to move money to your Roth and let that grow tax-free for
0: the rest of your life. So that's a timing and planning thing. We're talking about fourth quarter tax planning for retirees. The second is to realize capital gains. And there's the good news, bad news thing, right? Good news is you've got some gains. The bad news is you got to deal with the tax issue.
7: Not only the tax issue, but if there's something in your portfolio that's gnawing at you, it's, it's lost money, it might be a good time to consider taking that loss versus your gains, and make sure that if you do take that loss and it drops you in a lower tax bracket, if we drop from 32 to 25, you're, you're saving 7% in the taxes you gain. You have to get with us, let us look at it, and we can balance all those things out if that really makes sense for you.
0: Yeah, we'll help you figure it out. That's what we do for our clients. Third tax move before the end of the year, evaluate your Medicare thresholds.
7: This is a really important one for the first thing that this comes down to. This is based on uh, not your adjusted gross income, but your modified adjusted gross income. So it's AGI or MAGI, right, is really what we're looking at. Unfortunately for Medicare, your non-taxable income, say if you have a muni bond portfolio, that income's going to count towards Medicare. So that's going to push you over. Make sure you count that and don't be surprised in the end because we have seen some people that have not counted that in the past and it's cost them dearly.
0: It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. Five tax move retirees should consider before the end of the year. What's our fourth?
7: Oh, it's a really important one. Take your RMDs before the end of the year. So if you've reached the age where you have to take your RMDs and it'll, it'll tell you on every single statement for your retirement accounts, have to do it before December 31st, there is a 50% penalty if you don't. Get your RMDs out. Take them in November, first week of December. Don't wait towards the end. Make a mistake or get busy with the holidays and forget about them.
0: Final tax move to consider before the end of the year. Consider qualified charitable distributions. This should be a joyous thing. My favorite book has a line, basically says, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Make this a good thing if you're doing QCDs.
7: Absolutely, Danny, and the other thing that you can balance this off of, same thing, is the tax bracket you're in. If you're gonna give the money away, say you added one or 2,000 more and it dropped you in a tax bracket, why not give that money to charity instead of the government? I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world to me. So do a little bit of planning and maybe your charity gets a little extra money, not for free, but they get it instead of the government with proper planning.
0: Good time to put a plug in for the Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategy Review. If you're not a client of Annex Wealth Management, more details at annexwealth.com/taxsmart. Robert Chastain is our branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida. Got some fun stuff coming up in November. Let's talk about at least one of those things.
7: Oh my gosh, Danny, thank you. Uh, November 16th from 2 to 5 p.m. we're having an open house at our brand new office that we have in southwest Florida. We're at 4901 Tamiami Trail, just south of Pine Ridge Road. Everybody listening, please come out and see us. We'll have some food and drink. We have the uh, mayor of Naples uh, cutting the ribbon
0: at 2. Come join us. That sounds so fun. Hey, Robert, if somebody, you know, you can use the internet anytime to get hold of us at AnnexWealth.com. Somebody wants to simply call you. How do we do that?
7: You can reach me directly, Danny, at 239-350-6363, and I promise I'll answer the phone.
0: There you go. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Do you cringe when you look at your high school pictures? So much has changed. From your hair, there might be less or a completely different color, to the innocence of your smile. We grow up and learn the world is bigger than we thought. It's the same with your money. Your views of wealth, legacy, and taxes have all grown up. Has your financial plan take a proactive approach? Get an Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategy Review. Visit AnnexWealth.com slash TaxSmart back on Money Talk the Annex Wealth Management show looking back over the past hour really good example of what we do but it's just a glimpse if we can help head to the website annexwealth.com we we're talking earlier about the the great boomer wealth transfer things like financial and retirement planning for those in the medical field. But again, your situation is unique. If we can help, hit up that website and just, you know what, start the conversation with Annex Wealth Management. I'm Danny Clayton, Brian Jacobson, our chief economist still in the studio. Brian, most of our high net worth investors have individual bonds, I have heard you ask the question, the bond market or a market of bonds? We like to brag about our stock portfolios. Rarely do bonds get the same treatment. However, the current situation might be causing people to actually talk about bonds, but they're complaining about the bonds, (laughs) right? Let's dig in. Put your professor hat on. Can you start by giving us a brief overview of what the bond market is and why it's important?
1: Sure. Uh, So the bond market is actually quite large, but a lot of people don't pay attention to to it because when you turn on CNBC, Fox Business News, Bloomberg, you know, they always talk about the stock market. So you'll hear about like the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. That's for equity, right? So that's like your ownership interest in those businesses that underlie those indices. But the bond market is actually huge. Uh, and it is how companies raise debt or it's how governments raise raise debt. So bond market really refers to sometimes either the debt market or the fixed income market. That's another term that's oftentimes used. And it's called fixed income because the bonds themselves, they're structured where you might get interest payments. Uh, There are also these things called zero coupon bonds. So they don't pay interest, but you actually get more money. You get this par amount at maturity. So it's fixed in terms of all of the specifications, how long the money is tied up for, uh, what that face value or the payoff amount at the end is, and what that coupon or those periodic interest payments are while you own that bond. And it's not really simple because there's a lot of different types of bonds. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, there are uh, you know, more bonds than there are types of stocks, really. And that's one of the reasons why the bond market is sometimes a little uh, opaque to a lot of people where it can be a little confusing because the terms and the conditions can all very much differ. Uh, The biggest categories, we have fixed income uh, for governments, so treasury bills, notes and bonds, but then you also have corporates, so corporations issue bonds as well. Those are the biggest ones, but you also have like municipal bonds as well, so state and local governments issuing bonds, and you also have foreign bonds, foreign governments and entities issuing bonds.
0: When people talk about portfolio construction of 60-40, the 40 is the bond portion, right? Yes.
1: Oftentimes yeah. it is that 40%, although if you look at like the total
0: world of debt out there, uh, arguably it could be closer to 50. Okay. Bond market is not like the stock market. There's there There are big differences. Yes, they are. So when you watch
1: on CNBC, the floor of the exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, stocks are traded that way. That's not how bonds trade. Bonds are what's called an over-the-counter market, where if you want to buy or sell a bond you sometimes have to call a dealer so for example if you wanted to buy a bond and sometimes you can do this through your broker or you work with us and we can do it for you you have to make some phone calls or you have to log into certain systems and get bids for these things meaning that if you want to buy something you actually have to kind of contact somebody who already has it in their inventory.
0: Well we've got the mechanisms in place this is what we do for our clients. It is it
1: is absolutely Uh, it is not for the faint of heart it takes a lot of hard work to make this system work. How does it work for high net worth clients in annex private client? You know, one of the nice things for our clients, especially in private client, is that we try to build the bond portfolio, individual bonds, where we have the, uh, option in order to actually hold those to maturity. So if you look at the ups and downs in the stock market and you look at the ups and downs in like interest rates, okay, the market value of the bonds can fluctuate quite a bit. But what we try to do is identify bonds that we like and want to hold to maturity so you can ride through that volatility and get that known amount at the end, provided the issuer doesn't default on the debt.
0: Back to that phrase,
1: market of bonds versus bond market. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so the market of bonds is the idea that if you actually just buy a bunch of bonds, buy an index through an ETF or a mutual fund, that's one way to do it. But the whole idea about it's not a bond market, it's a market of bonds, is that you can buy these individual bonds and hold them. And that way, you can have the option to maybe ride through some of the volume. And we've seen quite a bit of volatility these days.
0: Coming up to the end of the show, real quick, next week, kind of a a good week for data. It starts to flow in.
1: It does. You know, next week we're really looking at, say, retail sales, industrial production, and then also the Fed's beige book. That's coming out. That's always exciting. It's more exciting than the color beige itself because that's going to give us some guidance about qualitative information about what the Fed might be thinking about when they
0: meet November 1st. And for a economist, a chief economist at Annex Wealth Management, this is your happy time. It
1: it really is. Yes, yes. I sit down with a cup of coffee and comb through that report.
0: It's really a joyful experience for me. (laughs) The kind of people working for you, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to investigate what Annex can do for you. We're ready. We're a fee-only fiduciary. Just a couple of minutes. Get that conversation started. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. We'll be back here next Sunday at noon. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.